I'm going to be real sad when American movies stop existing. You want to get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, should we warm up? Yeah, how? Uh, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 27. 29. No. How, no. how did that not... How was that not constrained by your rules? How is 29 the answer? You said between 1 and 29. You mean in a linear fashion or regressing backwards? Wait, I that's said twenty. Se- I said 27. Yeah, you said I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 29. I said I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 27. This just sounds like you're changing the facts. Oh my god. Have you seen Arrival? No. That's a good one. I've heard it's good. Arrival's good. It's got uh, Amy Adams. I heard that it's about language. Then, yeah, it is. Because she's a linguist. A linguist, you might say. Oh, so I saw Doctor Strange, by the way. Oh, I also saw it. That's got to be the worst Marvel movie that that's come out. <laughs> but the visual effects. That's all the movie is. There, there's no character. There are no characters in that movie. Oh yeah, none whatsoever. It's, it's... I was bored. But and the con- visual effects are amazing. I was also confused. His motivations weren't there. They were not... He had no motivation. He was a strange doctor. <laughs> like, he was trying to fix his hands, but it's like, so why is he messing with the time gizmo if he's not trying to reset the time of his hands, but then he grabs a forbidden book, and, and it's just like, I don't know, he just uh, hated it. He got over his hands, and he dis- discovered his thirst for wizard knowledge. That wasn't made clear. Because later on, after that, he says, I'm just here to heal my hands. I'm not here to fight a war. Wait, did you not... Did you see the theatrical cut? I saw the cut that was in Redbox. Okay, well that one's different. Is it... Is it really different? Are you messing with me? There's a there's a part in the theatrical cut where he drinks an energy drink and it says, Do you want the thirst for knowledge like Doctor Strange has? Drink Chinese energy drink. You saw the Chinese version, okay. Yeah, that was the only one in theaters. I also went to China to see it. Uh, this would all be great if it were in the podcast, but we haven't started yet. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John, back again for episode two of season two, here anew. Are we still telling people that this is over Skype? I, I don't know, I was. I think I replaced that with season two. Yeah, back here, season two, not on, well it is on... I mean, uh, we're just... abandoned re- it. We're just replacing the fact that we're on Skype with the Season 2 info so that we don't have to keep saying that we're on Skype because I think they can just assume that until we say otherwise. Yeah, until we are in the same room again and we make it painfully clear. Exactly. And as you know, Season 2 has a few rules. Uh, It's darker, it's edgier, and we brood the entire episode. I'm already brooding. I've been brooding for weeks. I've been brooding my whole life. Well, you know, if you just had a couple of dead parents, you could be a superhero. How do you prefer to brood? 
I prefer to brood with a tall glass of wine on a dark skyscraper top, rooftop, and it's raining, but it's it's not falling on the wine somehow, but it's falling on me. And then uh, the that MIDI song of uh, Wake Me Up Inside is playing in the background. That's pretty good brooding. I just... Uh... I I just play with my uh, Nintendo on Wii. Your your Nintendo boredom of his, of existence. Yeah, you know that joke's pretty dated now. You're gonna have to switch it up. Oh, you mean I'm playing with my PlayStation and on me? Yeah, sure. No, no, no. Shut up. Okay, so here's the joke. Here's the better joke. Uh, okay, I was I'm... playing with my uh, Nintendo Switch. And I used my uh, Camus an amiibo because an amiibo, from my understanding, is like a a toy with a computer inside of it. It's like a toy with a computer chip inside of it that can store information. Hmm. Yeah. That's dumb. I mean, it's not. It's not great. I, I think the whole. The whole thing is stupid. Get microchips out of toys. I I think it's too late for that, ever since the Tickle Me Elmo debacle. You know, I think microchips have been running amok with our toys since, I don't know, the late 90s? Yeah, probably. When was Furby released? 1998. What a fantastic segue. (laughs) Oh, really? So I have here, uh, in my hands... Uh, a list of the technical faults of the original Furby. Wait, you're you're yanking my chain. You just happened to have that out, and I, I mentioned it offhand? We rocked right into it. We rocked right into it. You heard that. We're rock stars. We rock you to Electric uh, Avenue. Company. Avenue. Oh. There we go. Yeah, come on. All right, so you have a list of the technical faults of the original 1998 Furbies? Yeah, these are some well-known bugs as uh, documented on Furby.Wikia.com. There's a Wikia for Furbies. Absolutely. So let me uh, let me give you a, a few items off of the original Furby, the 98 Furby. All right, let's, let's hear them. Sometimes drops messes with radio frequencies. Oh, wait, so like the radio, there would be, wait, what is, radio frequencies? That's pretty vague. And kind of scary. Wait, so wait, were these things receiving transmissions? When batteries run low, Furby may freeze up while saying a sentence, resulting in garbled playback of the sentence until batteries are replaced. Now, I have personally experienced this with my Furby. I experienced that as well. It was very, like, demonic sounding. Yeah, it's it's very scary. Some Furbies can restart without the reset button being pushed. On some first-generation models, if the tongue sensor is pushed in without the reset button being pushed in, Furby has a chance of restarting itself. That's weird, but why? I, uh, really, uh, you know, it's, it's microchips. Furby can sometimes emit a mysterious high-pitched beeping noise at a high hertz level. This can happen when batteries are running low. So it sounds like if your batteries are running low on your Furby, you're just having a very bad time because it's either whistling too loud or it's demonic. If its motor is trying to turn but it's stuck, it will make an extremely loud and weird noise. Furbies were the worst. If water poured on, random noises will appear. 
and also it turns into a gremlin. Now here's my personal favorite, and I'm going to try to get through it. All right, try to get through it. I'll allow it. Furby sometimes, sometimes is important, uses its mouth as its eyes, or its eyes as its mouth. That sounds horrible. Why? These bugs don't sound like they're for a Furby. These bugs sound like a description of like a demonic hell beast. Yet, uh, it does not sound like it's for a toy. Now, of course, uh, they did create new Furbies. There were iterations along the way. Yeah, I, I, nobody cared about those, right? And let's just check in on the uh, the technical faults of the 2013 Furbies. So, 15 years of innovation. Wait, you're telling me these Furbies were made as, as lately as 2013? Uh, they were called the Furby Boom. What? Why did... Why, why would they boom? So, uh, here's, uh, here's a few of the technical faults. Like I said, they got rid of most of them. You know, iterations will do that. Uh, Furby can wake up randomly during sleep when it is lying on its back. Okay, so you gotta put it on its stomach. And, uh, you know, I do that sometimes. I will wake up randomly when I'm lying on my back. That's normal. Yeah, it's just, it's a human thing. Furby can wake up without opening its eyes. That's weird, but maybe they're just, you know, they got a lot of the sleep in their eyes, so it's like sealing their eyes shut. Furby will often go to sleep with its eyes wide open. That's, my, you know, I've had relatives do that. I'm, it's creepy, but it's kind of normal. Furby can sometimes be bent down constantly after waking up. Wait, they can bend now? They can bend and I guess lie on their back? Yeah, this is weird. This sounds too advanced. Uh, Furby will speak to you while it is sleeping. Wait, so they sleep talk. I mean, that's that's okay. <laughs> so, uh, Furby can sometimes use its eyes as its mouth and its mouth as its eyes. <laughs> they didn't... They didn't fix that? They didn't fix the mouth eye thing? 15 years of innovation. That would be the one thing I would be sure to fix because it's the most horrifying. So, of course, uh, the final uh, the final error of the 2013 Furbies, and I don't know if they made more Furbies after this. But, uh, and this one seems pretty, pretty minor. Uh, yeah. On Rockin' Personality Furby, sometimes Furby dances and then dies. No one knows why this happens. Wait. 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 What do you mean dies? Like, dies? It, it just dies? On Rockin' Personality Furby, sometimes your Furby dances and then dies. Is it supposed to simulate, like, drug usage for rock and roll personalities? The important note is, no one knows why this happens. Well, yeah, nobody can explain the phenomenon of death, but you would think the creators of the toy might be able to venture a guess. You'd think, but uh, apparently it's a mystery. Oh my gosh, this is cr- Ugh. Imagine if humans had, like, a bug testing thing. It would, uh, it would be- you know, I can I can imagine, like, the the troubleshooting things for humans, the, the bug reports- yeah, I imagine they would be kind of very similar to the Furby things we just read. Still bites own mouth when eating. See? That's something. Yeah. And I have been known on occasion to use my eyes as my mouth and my mouth as my eyes. You know, it's just so confusing because they're both on the face. Yeah, and I mean, they both move in similar ways. They open. Stubs toe on everything around. 
uh, manages every time to hit that one part of the arm on a really hard surface and is then launched into an episode of pain and cannot scream. (laughs) Uh, Is known for sabotaging self and everything around self. Can logically come to common sense conclusions and ignore. (laughs) Capable of doing mental backflips to convince self that good ideas are bad ideas and bad ideas are good ideas. Justifies cruelty on a daily basis. Is superstitious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's the big one, I guess. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, It's just... I can't believe there there are still Furbies being made. I can't believe they they haven't made them any better. You know, I'm not sure if there are Furbies still being made. Uh, the report was really only from 2013. It Maybe all of them just suddenly danced and then died. That would be extremely sad. I, I You would think that would make, I don't know, the local news at least. They all just died at once, just started dancing and shuffled off this mortal coil, rockin' personality Furby. The great Furby purge. Now, I know nothing about these Furbies, but the fact that there is a rockin' personality one makes me think that it only sits opposite to regular Furby. Yeah, they're they're straight-lace personality Furby that comes with, like, a suit and, like, a briefcase and has, like, a a 9-to-5 cubicle office job. And then there's rockin' personality Furby with features such as will occasionally do coke. And will dance and then die for no reason. You know... Putting together the the occasionally using coke probably is the solution as to why it dies after it dances sometimes. You know, you're probably right. Rock and personality Furby will sometimes blast a speedball and then fall off of a balcony. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It. Uh, rock and personality Furby requires regular rehab visits every three years. Rock and personality Furby. Uh craves the structure of academia because he needs to be told when he's doing a good job. For absolutely no extra charge, Rockin' Personality Furby comes with three dirty groupie Furbies that smell bad and you cannot get rid of. One of them is named Charb. Charb Furby also comes with a crack pipe. <laughs> Rockin' Personality Furby, new feature, watch your Furby's credit score go down every day. If you have both Rockin' Personality Furby and Straight Lace Personality Furby, watch them fight, as Rockin' Personality Furby is the son of Straight Lace Personality Furby. Oh, that'd be very sad. I know, now we're getting into the deeper Furby narrative. Just wait till you see the first Furby movie. And now we know why regular personality Furby is constantly bent over. He's ashamed. Yeah, it's not... He's not stuck in sleep mode. He's stuck in shame mode. And, uh, sometimes normal personality Furby will speak to you in its sleep about how it's disappointed, but somehow jealous. Oh, yeah, because, you know, all he comes with is a briefcase full of very important TPS reports. And regular personality Furby sometimes wonders that, uh, if... He had lived his life differently if he'd be happier. Yeah. You know, for an extra five bucks, you can get the art degree minor. The the art minor degree. I don't know how to say those words. Uh, But all that does is make him pine for better days. 
And a regular personality Furby has sometimes been known to just die. It doesn't dance before it happens. Nope, it just lets out a long two-minute sigh and then croaks. Uh, we- which is easy to confuse with its batteries being dead, which is the the loud, weird noise. Yeah, only when you change the batteries, it doesn't come back. It's just dead. Dead forever. Yep. Rest in peace, regular personality Furby. In the arms of an so that's when they release, like, the, the angel Furbies that come to collect your dead toys. What about the demon Furbies? <laughs> oh, God. Because, of course, there has to be a villain, right? And then uh, angel Furby and demon Furby have to play chess for the soul of regular personality Furby. And the entire time they're fighting because it turns out that angel Furby is the father of devil Furby. Oh, that's crazy. That's Man, what sequel. a twist. That's the sequel. I'd watch it. I, if the Smurf movies are any, any indication, so will millions of children. Yeah, man, Smurf movie, Megan Trainer. who cares? They're making a third one. They made a second one? Yes, they made a second one, and now they're making a third one. <sighs> and this third one, we learn the secret origins of, wait for it, every female Smurf. You mean the one female Smurf? No, they find a village of all female Smurfs. Oh. I guess there should be one token male Smurf. Because you have to complete the parallel, right? Yeah, you have to, uh... You have to... Fuck those movies. But it turns out all of these female Smurfs are like these badass Amazon warrior chicks. Because of course they are, right? Yeah, I mean... They can't find a secret conclave of... Female Furbies, Smurfs, and then to just be normal. Yeah, exactly. They have to be, like, you know, warriors for some reason. They can't be, like, just a parallel version of the male Smurf village. They have to be somehow more aggressive than the the male Smurf village. It's because you have to subvert expectations by playing into expectations. Exactly. I feel like, oh yeah, they're not going to expect the females to be warriors, but that's exactly what we expect because we've seen it so many million t- millions of times. Yeah, but I mean, those computers and those movies are just written by a computer anyway, so... Yeah, they're actually written by, you know, dream aspiration personality Furby. Oh man. Uh, there's a known bug with dream aspiration personality Furby. Where he will sometimes write a sequel to a Smurfs movie. Yeah, he, he's been he's done that twice now. You think they would patch it out, but I guess maybe you can't patch it out because it's computer chips and not an actual computer. My brain is really starting to confuse the word Smurf and the word Furby. Then Mattel's plan is working. Get the new Smurfurby this Christmas. Get the new Furf, the new Smurby. <laughs> Furf the new Smurfy. Oh, isn't that the subtitle of the new uh, Smurf movie? Actually, you're 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 quite right. Smurfs three, Furf the new Smurfy. Oh my God! Can we stop talking about Smurfs and Furbies? I'm going insane. Uh, insane over how great that we live in a country where toys drive a a huge division of art and culture and movie form toys are incredible because they manage to weaponize art 
John, this is completely unrelated, and um, I apologize in advance, but I saw a trailer for the newest Transformers movie. You don't watch trailers. No, no, I saw this because I was in the theater and I had no choice. Oh. It's the one instance where I watch a trailer and not close my eyes and start humming loudly because I don't want to be kicked out of the theater. Can I guess the name of it? Guess the name of this next Transformers movie. Transformers 5 Can't Stop Optimus Prime. Uh, well, they stopped numbering them. It's called The Last Night, I believe. Oh, good. But it's, you know, night with a K. Oh. But, uh, I did not realize that in the course of these, I think there's six now, Transformer movies, according to this trailer, they've completely, like, destroyed life on Earth. And that there's no normal life. It's just this big, long war against robot versus robot with humans kind of mixed in. But it's like cities are destroyed. Football stadiums are destroyed. There's no normal life anymore. And I'm like, where do you go from there? Wh- what is this? What What is this weird hellish landscape that these Transformer movies are taking place in? I actually think that's kind of... Uh kind of concerning and interesting in that you have these movies that are these big blockbuster garbage fests that are just a bunch of things exploding all the time so it's interesting to see what the logical conclusion of if we make five of these things and whole cities get destroyed every time clearly the answer is the whole world has been destroyed yeah and this new trailer it took a new angle from the previous commercials that i saw during the super bowl and that uh, instead of featuring Optimus Prime or actually any uh, robot that you might recognize, it featured on this new mechanic girl who's like 13, and she's got this whole speech that she's giving, and it ends with, like, fight like a girl and stuff like that, which I think is great. It's a good message for young girls, and they're obviously trying to get girls to see the movie. But still, it's just like, but what's the movie about? At what point is Michael Bay pretending to be woke? I think he's pretending with this movie, you know? Uh, Because, you know, of course Shia LaBeouf stepped down and Mark Wahlberg stepped up, but Mark Mark Wahlberg isn't getting children into these seats. Of course the robots are, but the robots are only appealing to the boys. How do we get this untapped potential market of girls? We feature a strong young girl mechanic who who is apparently the only one who can fix these Transformer robots. I mean, it's great, and I I want that to be a thing, and it's fantastic, but I was reading an article not too long ago about, um, about the, uh, it's not a resurgence, because it hasn't surged before, the surge of, um, kind of woke misogynists. Yeah. Which are people who basically hold on to the same values, the same, uh, harmful patriarchal values that we've been fighting against for a while but they masquerade as being uh feminist or or like woke to issues of you know intersectional issues and i feel like that kind of person has existed for a long time and has existed kind of at the forefront of movies and television for at least a few years yeah, you're talking about the guys who kind of want, who, who will stand up for women so that other people applaud them and clap them on the back for being how, you know, look how brave they are for demonstrating how brave women are. 
Yeah, virtue signaling shitbirds. Exactly. Yeah, that I, that I, I have definitely seen that in action. And I feel like that has been happening in movies and television for a little while. I feel like you keep seeing these characters that are supposed to be uh, these bastions of, of femininity or these these bastions of uh, of minorities, but they're just put on screen to sell the thing. And, and you know that's the the sad thing about movies these days is it's you know it's all marketing it's all I you you would want the reality to be that maybe Michael Bay was inspired or whoever wrote this movie was inspired by just like hey maybe they're you know women are great maybe the women in this hellscape of a world where robots have destroyed everything are also great so let's feature one of them let's feature one of these great women. But you know, it's got to be an executive like, we're losing out on 50% of the market. Uh, you got to get girls in those seats. How, how, you you got to, I don't know how you do it, but do it. I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, you get to an egalitarian society by going against the status quo and focusing on, you know, underrepresented people in media for a while. And then it all levels off is the idea. But, you know, take it back to the Smurfs. Uh, this this expectation of of women have to be strong is also a harmful stereotype in and of itself and that it plays into expectations. I, I really feel like any message where it's like blank has to be blank is only hurtful. You, you know, I, I really feel like the message is like should be more blank can be anything. Yeah, that's the that's the actual message we want to be sending because I mean, if if someone's an intersectional feminist and they're saying that the well not the primary, but one of the the main drivers for men to be interested in being egalitarian feminists is that we are harmed by a patriarchy that says we have to be strong, we can't feel emotions, we have to provide, we have to be this, we have to be that. Yeah. And uh it's, you know, what I've been saying since I was just I don't know the smartest kid in the world. I'm just kidding. But in all my childish wisdom, I'd always say, we're all still human, you know? So it's like, a human can be anything a human wants to be. There there should be no limitations put on a human by anything other than, well, they're human. So humans can't, they can't grow wings, but they can do anything that they can possibly think of or do. Yeah, and I mean, we, we end up in a dangerous spot sometimes with movies and television when we when they do create expectations. Because when we, as an audience, have an expectation for how a kind of person is supposed to be, that means that it's created in our minds a kind of a forefront bias thinking that they need to be this, or at least we assume people are going to make them this or that. Yeah, I, I feel like... I don't know how you do it, but stop putting in, like, these expectations of blank has to be blank and start to saying blank can be blank, you know? Blank can be can, can be free to do whatever they want. I, I think the way to do that is just to have honest artistic expression and not try to pander to anyone. Yeah, just have characters instead of having, like, a message that you want to you wanna get through. Kind of like... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's just that that movie up is that the strength of that movie is in its characters, you know. Never seen it. You never saw it. All right. Well, 
let me tell you, it's character driven. There's no like message in there other than be yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. So, also, you should see it. John, see it. You should fix that. All right, Jamie is coming. She's reporting live from the couch, and she's saying that you should fix that and you should see it. Should I though? John is asking if he should though. Um, what did I just tell you, John? Jamie is reporting that. What did she just say, John? Okay, that seems that seems to check out. John says that that seems to check out. Oh my god, just go watch the movie, okay? She says, oh my god, just go watch the movie, okay. Uh, well, okay. He says, oh well, okay. And that is the end of this field report with Jamie live from the couch. Man, god bless her, she's out there doing the hardest work. Oh yes, yeah, I wouldn't want to have to track down people and tell them to watch Guardians of the Galaxy all day. But, you know, maybe that's just what people do. For it's, a living. It's, a, it's a calling. It's a it's a calling and it's an art. Anyway, just have real characters with real motivations with no message. P- characters shouldn't have to carry the message of marketers or writers. They should just be fictional people. Yeah, they just need to be fictional people who kick a lot of ass and turn into giant robots. Alright, you know, praise be if that's true. Huh. <sighs> Are you are you getting a little winded there, buddy? What a conversation. It was just it was a whirlwind. A whole look, we we went from Furbies to movies somehow and somehow we ended up on on talking about representation of women in films. So, we've traveled a distance. Uh from Furby to representation is the name of my autobiography. And you you've been working on that for years. Oh, years and years. Because you keep aging, and then you have to write new chapters. That's the hardest part about an autobiography, is it never ends. Well, I, what if you wrote it into your autobiography, and then you had to try to make sure it came true, otherwise you have to print a new edition? Well, that'd be a pretty easy thing to do if you wrote up until the current moment, and then you were like, and then I hanged myself. Yeah, but then like the rope snaps when you're hanging yourself, and then you, like you land on a rusty nail, and you actually die of tetanus. Oh man, what a twist. Then your ghost has to come back and haunt the publisher until they print a correction. And that's how Ghostwriter started. That is how Ghostwriter started. You're right. Ah, wishbone. Oh, classic afternoon PBS programming. But uh, I think on that note of classic afternoon PBS programming, we might be able to take a break. Without further ado, welcome to The Break.
What a break. What you just heard is Parasites by Flying Raccoon Suit off of their album Flying Raccoon Suit Makes a Friend. You can find their albums on a pay-as-you-want, pay-what-you-want uh, structure on their Bandcamp, flyingraccoonsuit.bandcamp.com. And all their show dates are on their Facebook page. I'm sure if you search for Flying Raccoon Suit on Facebook, you will find them. That sounds great. It sounded great. Yeah. I mean, both the music and what you just said sounded great. And if you're someone who doesn't like to download or pay for things, their music is available on Spotify. Oh, that's great, because I don't like having any sort of physical, like, ownership of my music. And iTunes. Oh, that's that's even better, because I don't even... I, I really like music... The way I like to think of music is that I am renting it from a service that if it ever went under, I would lose all of the things I bought. And Google Play. Ditto for that. Nice. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Great stuff. That's the zero credits... Garrett Gredits? The zero, zero credits... Zero credits. The zero credits guarantee. Good stuff, great stuff. I mean, you can't stop the good stuff, great stuff train. I heard you had a segment or something to talk about. Yes, I do have something to talk about that conveniently fits into the theme of this episode, which we totally remembered to introduce, not introduce, but mention that we have a theme, and you need to guess it by the end of the episode, or else a goat will appear and whisper in your ear the name of the man who will kill you. Man, you really had a pretty sweet rhyming structure there that you kind of let go of at the end. Well, just like all sonnets, there's a twist at the end that kind of goes in a new direction, and in this case, the direction is your untimely death by a dark, mysterious man. Dark as any, like, in shadow, not dark as in any type of racial complexion. Yeah, no, he's not very swarthy. No, he's, he's very pale, I guess. I don't know. Listen, there's a theme. Guess it. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, oh, no, God. let's move on immediately. All right, so I just got a text from my mom. That's, oh. the name of, that's the name of this segment. I just got a text from my mom? Yep. Now, of course, the uh, time-honored uh, segment, I just got a text from my mom, does have a theme song. Oh yes, it has a, a theme song we've heard a thousand times before, and here it is again now. Here it is again now from both of us at the same time. Okay, three, two, one. I just I got just a got a text, text from, my, from mom. my mom. I and can't believe how it is. is. Perfect. That's right. <laughs> All right, so. Tonight's, or today's, or whenever you're listening to this text from my mom, is a question. Did you know the new yellow Power Ranger is coming out? She is gay. Wait, okay. So is it... I... My brain read this as is coming out like a toy is being released, but did she mean is coming out of the closet? Yes, I believe she means coming out as in revealing to the world that she is gay. Well, that's cool. Yes. You know, if only more of the original Power Rangers had been allowed to do that. Oh, man, poor, poor Blue Ranger. 
Oh god. Poor Blue Ranger. Yeah, that that's just really sad. It, so, it really it really is. So I mean I guess we live in a better world now since this new iteration of Power Rangers allowed to come out and be gay. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I think he killed himself, but like later. Uh I didn't know about that. Boy, I thought that was just a bit we were doing. No, the Blue Power Ranger was, the actor at least, was gay. Oh, well, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. That last part I did not know. Very sad. I I think, I, I don't think it was, like, immediate. I think it was a, a lot later in life. Well, it's, uh, it's good that we have, as a society, have advanced to a point where that's good, cool news, even if that Power Rangers movie looks real bad. Wait, it looks bad. No, it doesn't look bad. It looks like if you mix Chronicle with Power Rangers and you you put in Brian Cranston's head, but you don't filter his voice at all. Yeah, because he just sounds like Zordon. What? I thought Zordon sounded like a, a, a deep a deep voiced alien man. Exactly that. But Brian Cranston, he just sounds like uh, you are the Power Rangers. My name's Brian Cranston, and you can catch me in a show called Breaking Bad. And uh, that's exactly what he says in the trailer. I know it's a weird moment where he just plugs like his previous project. A uh, something about me that our viewers might not know is I was a big fan of Power Rangers when I was a kid. Yeah, like a huge fan. I had all the Zords, every Zord, even the. Even the, the, the ones... Why did they go from animal... Uh, no, why did they go from cool dinosaurs to boring animals? Uh, because evolution... Look, here's how Power Rangers went. It went from dinosaurs to animals to spaceships to cars. And that's just how evolution works, baby. Wait, how do you go from spaceships to cars? That that doesn't seem like the right order. Uh, talk to me once you've read On the Origin of Species... By Charles Darwin? Yeah. I didn't know he was very into Power Rangers. Oh, he's exceptionally into Power Rangers. So so what a... Go, go, HMS Beagle. Do, 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 do. Wait, so what about this new Power Rangers movie looks bad to you? Uh, It just looks aesthetically dumb. It's the same problem I had with the... uh, that first Transformers movie where they're like, we're taking these things that are very, like, chunky and retro and cool looking and we're making them weird and organic and pointless looking. So you, you don't like how sleek and weirdly organic the, the suits look or something like that? And I get that the whole reason for doing that with Transformers and then, by extension, the whole reason for doing that here is to be like, oh, it's alien stuff. Make it look weird and alien and not kitschy. But, like, kitschy's cool. Yeah, but... I feel like kitschy. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna do a cartoon remade in real life, you're not gonna have these nice geometric-looking features. They're all gonna be sleek and angular, just like our cars and planes. planes Though, are angular, to be fair, to to bring up something I was going to bring up earlier, something that does excite me about this is the casting of Brian Cranston in it. And Brian Cranston, of course, has been on Power Rangers before. Wait, he has. Oh, absolutely. When, what? When? Brian Cranston, of course, played multiple villains in the original Power Rangers TV series. Multiple villains? Not just one? Oh, no, he played the Snizzard. Not the Snizzard. And Twin Man. 
Wait, Twin Man? Oh yeah. He Is... he he played both of those. Wait, Twin Man Twin Man? Twin Man. Twin Man that's one person, right? So, uh, if you ever watch the episode where he is the Snizzard... Uh, um, oh, who could forget the time-honored Snizzard episode? You get to hear a very uh, unmistakably Brian Cranston voice say, Feel my poisonous sting! And, uh, and, but... <laughs> is he a snake lizard? Yeah, he's a snake lizard. Oh my god, Snizzard. Oh my god. Why... Oh, okay. And then, of course, he played Twin Man. Was was Twin Man two people? Uh, Twin Man was one man who could split into two people. Man, what a power. He was like a mirror guy. I think he could, like, clone you and make you fight him yourself. Why, why wouldn't he just go by, like, Gemini or something like that? Uh, because they don't believe in horoscopes in the land of Power Rangeria. I guess... I guess a rejection of the superstitious name is applaudable. I don't know. There is only one religion in Power Rangers, and that is the religion of Zordon. With the prophet of the green ra- wait, the white ranger? Yeah. Silver ranger? You know, I, in my old age, I don't really remember what the difference between the green and white ranger was. Well, see, the green ranger... And the White Ranger were the same person, but the Green Ranger was, like, defeated and, and dishonored. So he had to go and train and study and to, so he could be resurrected as the White Ranger with the Dragon Zord, which he, you could summon by playing a, a flute that was in the hilt of a sword? Okay, so uh, that's 70% wrong. <laughs> Really? Okay. So the Green Ranger came after the original five. He did? Yeah, he was after the original five. Green came later because he had cool shoulder pads. His name was Tommy. Yeah, his name was Tommy. He came later. He had the Dragon Zord. Yeah, he was a Green... Wait, what? He wasn't a part of the original five? Nah, he came later. What was his... His Zord was always the Dragon Zord? His Zord was the Dragon Zord, which combined with the Mega Zord, but later when he became the White Ranger, he got the Lion Zord. It was a lion. Wait, he downgraded from a dragon to a lion? Well, this was in the second season when they had changed to animals, so what is the dragon of the animal kingdom if not a lion? Komodo dragon. Oh, shit. Yeah, they really missed an opportunity there. They really did. Alright, so... Why did he become the White Ranger? Is it some type of weird Gandalf thing? I think you're right in that he was disgraced. Oh, okay, cool. Or he was killed? I don't know. I don't think he would have been killed. He came back to life. Oh, he did? I have no idea. Oh, you've been spouting off facts like I thought you were looking at it. Oh no, this is this is just from my memory. We should absolutely go back and watch all of uh all of Power Rangers. You know Twitch was streaming it for the past uh, it started on March 15th. They were streaming every Power Rangers thing ever. How did I not watch that? I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah. I am in shame mode. Well, I hope you you go study and become Honorous again and come back as the white John. That sounds terrible. The white podcast co-host? Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all.
So anyway, what do I reply to my mom? Oh, you reply, uh, you know, here's the thing that I've noticed. What did you notice? I've noticed generally that when you're talking to someone who isn't uh, well-versed in talking to people who are, like, queer in any way, that whenever you're like, hey, I came out, or this person came out, or something something came out, or this person's into this kind of people, they always respond with, right on. Oh, so I should just send right on? Yeah. Uh, right on. All right. Uh, your other option is to send, uh, um, go, go, progressive society, and then send her a guitar riff. I don't think she would get that. Eh, well, that's her fault. <laughs> fault? Okay. Well, I just sent right on. Did you put an exclamation point? Nope. Just a period. Does that... That makes me. It makes it seem angry, doesn't it? Yeah, it be, oh. it makes you seem like a mad bigot. <laughs> I don't get your notion that that full stops or periods and text or messages make you seem angry. I just want to complete the sentence. Yeah, you want to complete the sentence. You want to put finality into it. <laughs> finality is angry. Yeah, because you're saying this is what I've said, and it's what I've said forever. But that's what writing down anything is about. Look, if you put a period at the end of a statement of text message, you might as well be stabbing someone with a pin. I'm not going to stab, but that's not. So you just read a book. When you read a book, every sentence is angry? I only read uh, Cormac McCarthy novels. He also uses full stops and or periods. Yeah, but none of those hateful commas. And no quotation marks. Mm Mm-hmm. There, it makes it difficult to read, in my opinion. What's a quotation mark but a comma that is a pair of bats? What's wrong with bats? Oh, you're right. That's me being a bigot. Yeah. Yeah. E- eat that, you bigot. Imagine if someone sent you a text message and they just said, okay. <laughs> Wait, they're sending me a text message out of the blue and it just says, Okay. No, like, let's say that you were in, like, a like a close relationship with someone, and you were going to do something that wasn't, like, spending time with them, and maybe they thought that that was something that you should be doing, and they just sent back, okay. I would think that then it's okay for me to do that. But what if they sent back, okay, and then a period? I would think that they're very okay with it. What if they sent back an okay, followed by a period, followed by a picture of a bat? I would think that they're being attacked by a bat. Now, however, I will addend that if it was okay and then three periods as an ellipses, that would mean that they don't want me to do it. That's just too much effort. What? No, that was the classic AIM thing. Was it? Yeah, and AIM was the parenting of texting. Parenting. The parent. It was the, uh, it was the lackluster parenting of texting. Well, yeah, nobody actually shaped texting into what it is. It just kind of made its own decisions. I have a question for you. What is your question, John? So if I were to send you a message that said okay with a period, that just means I'm okay, right? That is, yes, that is In your twisted world. And my twisted world. I did air quotes around twisted. But if I sent you a text message that said okay and then it had a tilde, what would that mean? I've seen this tilde thing, and I don't like it. That it's it means like a sing-songy thing, like okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what it. What does it mean? It seems flippant. 
Yeah, it, it's like flippant, airy, light, nothing matters, embrace meaninglessness. I don't know. It, to me, an okay with a tilde seems sarcastic. Okay, what if I said something that couldn't be sarcastic, like a like a statement of fact? I don't know, because I've seen them all the time when they're, like, I've seen the tilde as a punctuation usually when they're telling somebody, like, off, or they're saying, like, this is just how this is, is matter-of-factly. And it to me, it rubs me the wrong way, and it seems like you're being glib. Not, like, in a light way, but in a way, like, it doesn't matter what you think, because this is correct. I mean, there's some attitude, but I mean, like, if I sent you something that was just a fact, like, if I sent you a text message that said, I don't know, uh, periods connote anger in text messages, but then there was a tilde after it, how would you read that? I would think you're having attitude with me, and you're saying that it doesn't matter what you think, this is how it is, deal with it. Well, I mean, that is what I would be saying in that case. I know, because you put a tilde there. I don't think it's... uh, Look, look, if you're going to take time to spell out all of your words correctly and use correct grammar in that regard, why would you not punctuate your sentence? I think we need to start looking at other forms of punctuation because clearly the old ones are failing us. We need... Well, one, we need a sarcastic font. Mm-hmm. Italics. No, that italics are for emphasis in book titles. And italics can seem sneaky. <laughs> because they're trying to bend over and not be as tall? Yeah, like, you know how in uh, in cartoons when people were sneaking, they would, like, crouch over and walk on their tiptoes? That's what italics are. Yeah. Um, we need a lot of things. We need We need punctuation that, like, carries a tone with it. Yeah, because I've always wanted to find a way to communicate to people that I don't care. And it's really hard to communicate that you actually don't care about something. You gotta get the, uh, the, what is it, the ACSII, ASCII? Is that, how do you say that? Yeah, ASCII. Yeah, the ASCII, uh, shrug emoticon. Oh, that would help. Generally, though, to denote that I don't care about something, I just don't reply to it. That, that's usually what I do when I don't care about something. But I want people to know that I'm not busy, but I don't care. Uh, you could pro- probably try sending I don't care, and in your case without a period, so it doesn't seem like you do care. Yeah, because if I put a period, that would just seem like I'm angry. What you could do is you do I period don't period care period, and only use that when you care very deeply. What if I, it was I period hand clap emoji don't period oh my hand God. clap emoji i hate the hand clap emojis punctuating every word stupid thing i just we need a way for me to punch people through a screen you mean we need a oh way my god to... john and it, it's i do like it when it's making fun of people who do that or, or it's use it's being done like satirically yeah, I think that's clever. Because a lot of times it's like, don't... I, I can't think of examples in my head. I don't know. But usually it's like a weird trying to tell people off. But it, but then it's like people do it in, in a, a lighthearted, fun way. And, th- and those are okay. I saw one of those with a hand clap between every word on we have to own the means of production. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I- I'm sure... You know, Karl Marx wouldn't wouldn't think that's strange or weird or anything. I think Karl Marx would have loved emoji. 
Why do you think Karl Marx would have loved emoji? I just think uh, people from Prague would have been big fans because of their difficult history with German. Okay. See, there's a period behind that okay, but I'm not angry. Oh, God, you're so angry. Oh, my gosh, John. Look, Henry, periods mean that you're angry. What if I, what, what if it was periods, wait, I'm clapping as I'm saying it. Periods mean that you're angry, Tilda. Oh, well, then that just sounds happy. <laughs> That's stupid. I don't like the tilde as a punctuation. I think it's dumb. I'm going to exclusively end my sentences with tildes until I forget that it <laughs> makes you angry. Because it's like you're sing. It's like a sing-songy. You're. I don't know. It's arrogant. It seems arrogant to me. I think that we need a typeface that denotes that you shouldn't bother reading it. Uh, isn't that called Tumblr? Oh, boom. Shots fired. I was hanging out with someone at some point, and they said the sentence, someone on Tumblr messaged me and said they like my aesthetic, and I was like, I don't feel at home anymore in this world. (laughs) I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Ugh. I don't know. We we need a lot of things, you know? We need a lot of punctuation for a lot of reasons, and we just need to keep coming up with new words. Like, constantly? Yeah, like the Japanese do. They make, like, a new word every other day. Oh, wow, that's a lot of words. I, I think it reflects a world that's rapidly changing, where these, the classic emotions and, and ways we use to express ourselves are no longer adequate, and they, you know, just kind of put words together or put characters together to create words to describe these new emotions and experiences. I mean, for what it's worth, Japanese is the language that has a word for someone who collects books just out of a compulsion to collect books and never read them. Yeah, I mean, they've they've got words that describe, like, tons of things that exist that we express in very cumbersome ways. Like that thing that I just said, I could have just said a word. You could have. And, you know, the Germans got their Schrodenfrieden. How do you say that? Oh, Schrodenfrieden. Yeah, like, you know, the, the enjoying somebody else's embarrassment or pain or something like that. I forget what the word is. Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. Oh, that was a schadenfreude. Okay, well, we're going to ignore your weird language pun. But it's like... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm but so tired. English needs to, to keep adapting and keep keep stealing and, and borrowing and, and begging from other languages... Until we are the best language. Yeah, because, I mean, language just has to evolve over time. It has to change. Yep, and that's why, you know, people... I go back and forth on this argument, but people are like, there needs to be a strict set of grammatical regulations and rules to for English to follow. That Yeah, that, that sh- if you want the language to die and stop changing, that's what you would do. But at the same time, there needs to be some sort of standard for communication... So, I don't know. I'm ambivalent on that. I mean, you know, the a surefire way to let English die is to say that certain rules, like full stops or periods, are definitive ends to sentences, and not, as I like to call them, angry dots. <laughs> oh, God. Don't use that logic against me. Hey, don't angry dot me. Oh, 
Periods are not angry dots. They're supposed to be completely neutral. They're neutral. Look, Henry, periods denote anger. No, John, they do not. Were there periods between all of those words? Yes. You care a lot. I do care a lot. Oh, oh gosh. All right. John. What's up? What are we doing? Oh, uh, I'd say we're getting dangerously close to wrapping up a podcast. Yeah, I think I'm out of things to talk about. I've run out of juice. You you run out of juice? Yeah, so I need to go fuel my madness. <laughs> fuel your madness? I have to go fuel my madness. Stop trying to drop product lines in our podcast. Look, listeners, if you want to fuel your madness, go to madnessfuel.bandcamp.biz. Did you bleat at the end of that? <laughs> I may have bleated. Madness.bandcamp.biz. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, I guess we better hit him with the plugs. I think that's an idea for the good. However, we can wrap up first by saying... Hey, John, what was the theme today? Oh, the theme? Well, you have one last chance to get it. Here's your last hint of the episode. Yep, go for it, Henry. Um, here it is. It's, uh... Ooh, it's made of plastic. That was your hint. That's right, and now we're going to reveal it to you immediately. Yep. The the theme for this episode was childhood slash nostalgia. Yep. See, we talked about Furbies and the Smurfs and Transformers. And then we talked about Power Rangers. And then somehow we talked about texting. But that was a red herring and you should have known that. I'm nostalgic for English as she was spoke. I'm nostalgic for the end of this episode. Which hasn't happened yet, which makes me a hipster. Future nostalgia. Anyway... So, uh, if you want to... Uh, how does this work? If you want to learn a life lesson... Yeah, if you want to learn a life lesson, you can uh, send us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can ask us a question. Send us some music to be used in the break, just as Flying Raccoon Suit has done today. And you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. What does that stand for, Henry? That stands for Batteries Not Included. Please refer to the manual. That's perfect. Send us a tweet. Send us a beat. But please don't send us a bleat. And if you want to watch us play video games, I guess, twitch.tv slash zero credits. We have a Facebook page. Uh, Hit me up on Signal. Uh, Wait, what's Signal? It's an encrypted messaging app. Is that a real? Th- is, wait, so like, like Morse code? No, it's like uh, it's like Facebook Messenger, but no one can spy on your communications, and it uh, it's mostly about privacy. Oh, are you actually on it? Yeah, I'm on Signal. Should I be on Signal? It's pretty cool. All right, I'll check check out Signal. And uh, yeah, if you want to be on the break, do all that stuff. If you wouldn't mind, and I know we don't tell you guys to do this often enough. But if you've done it before, do it again. And if you've never done it before, please rate us on iTunes and comment and give us a review because that is the best way for people to find out about this thing that we do. 
Yeah, if you want to spread the word, but you don't know anybody for some reason, all you got to do is leave a rating or, like, a comment or something, and that raises the visibility just by, like, interacting with the show in some way, shape, or form. And it's way easier to leave a comment than it is to talk to a human being, so if you just wanted to rate us and not tell anyone about us, you could do that as well. That's true. We gotta get on them aggregators. Yup. Alligators. Now, if you'll excuse me, Henry, I have to wade back into the swamp and fight off these aggregators. And if you excuse me, John, I have a lot of angry text messages. And if you excuse me, John, I have a lot of angry text messages to send. To your mom? Exclusively. Nice. Anyway, I guess we're goodbye. We're goodbye. We're goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Go see Power Rangers. Feel In my voice sting. Rangers. Rangers.